Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the stream is working. I don't want to say it too much, but this is the first stream of the week. We've gotten to work right away. So welcome to the broadcast. I apologize. There they are. I apologize for the confusion. I posted accidentally because we were at lunch today or breakfast and I posted that prayer was at six and oh. you guys were like, yay. And then I forgot it's actually at one o'clock. So we have prayer <laughs> at one o'clock right now. I know I don't go live one o'clock on Fridays. It is what it is. And then tonight we have our podcast with Paul and Morgan who are here in the studio. Hey, Hello. it's going to be an amazing time tonight. You guys don't want to miss it. You get two streams today, but here's the deal. This is an important stream because we are doing one of the most important things you can do in your life, more important than preaching, more important than podcasting, right. is we are praying. And I have my good friend Jared back with me. He was here Tuesday. Jared, Hello, thanks for friends. being with us. Yeah, it's really gonna excited be, to be here. It's going to be amazing. Saddle. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. We're going to be praying with you guys. The goal of this week is to get you guys excited about prayer, to get you developing a prayer life. Let me just say it this way. You will not survive in 2024 or any year. I hate being the one that's like, in 2024, you're not going to survive any year as a Christian without a prayer life. <laughs> so you right. need to develop a prayer life. Think about how long a marriage would last if you never talk to your wife. Ooh. Or you only talk to your wife on Sunday. Some of you are like, I only talk to God on Sunday and I ask him for things. I mean, imagine me marrying my wife and then saying, honey, the only time I want to talk to you is an hour and a half on Sunday. And when we talk, I'm just going to be begging you to do things for me. It wouldn't be a good relationship. That is the same way we are when we don't have a prayer life. We need to develop a prayer life, specifically Preach. getting alone with God in the secret place. For whatever reason, it's so easy, Jared, to scroll for eight hours on TikTok, to watch Netflix series, to sit there on Hulu and watch show after show after show. The moment we get in prayer, our mind wanders, we struggle. And so I really believe that God's going to develop some of you in your prayer life. And we're praying that God will move today. It's supernatural. And you get excited about prayer. What are your thoughts on what I'm saying? And I prayer? couldn't agree more. I think uh, in Ezekiel one, he opens up with having the Bible says the heavens were open and he saw visions of God. Mm. How many times did you have visions of anything when you're scrolling for eight hours, yep. when you're watching a 3d movie? The Bible says after he got done, he sat astonished for seven days. This is what prayer is all about. It's for us to get catapulted up into heaven, to go higher with him, and to hear his voice. Not just what somebody else has said, but what is your father saying to you? The Bible says in Isaiah 50 verse 4, it says, Open my ears to hear like one being taught. So we believe today you're actually going to have your ears open to hear the voice of God. So that when you read scriptures and you read stories in the Bible and there's interaction— you, could, you don't have to read and go, oh, I wish that was me. You could actually be in that place. Yes. You can be in that seat. You could say, hey, coach, put me in. I want to play. I don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore and just be a spectator. I want to be a participator. Absolutely. And I think when people look at spiritual encounters in the Bible, which they're all through the Bible, if you guys didn't know, people always are encountering God. We always want the encounters these people had, but we don't want to pay the price in the secret place. That's right. So for me, I've had encounters with God, and al almost all of them have been in the time of prayer. And every time I pray and experience God, whether it's his presence, whether he whispers something to me, whether— And guys, when we say encounters, we mean also sometimes God says, hey, go to the scripture, open up the word, and yeah. you open the word, and something jumps off the pages to you. I, every time I have these encounters, I always have the same thought. Why don't I pray more? Like, why is it every time I pray, my life is transformed, I experience something with God, and it changes my life forever, but then I go a week without getting in the secret place. I go a week without praying, and we want to have an addiction to prayer. We used yes. to be addicted to video games, addicted to drinking, hello, uh -oh. somebody, Come addicted to drugs, addicted real. to partying. Yeah, when's the last time you met a Christian that's like, I'm addicted to prayer, I'm addicted to the Bible, I'm addicted to the Word of God, and here's the thing, if Jesus made prayer a priority, this is fully God made prayer priority, how yeah. much more should we make prayer priority? I and love that. And I, I think, Isaiah, that when you spend time in the presence of God, what actually takes place is the peace of God begins yes. to rest on you. All of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of the hundred things that are on your mind all of a sudden bows down. Why? Because somebody's greater than that. Right. Greater than your cares, greater than your addiction, greater than your problems. He comes, and all of a sudden you have peace 
that surpasses all understanding, and it's addictive. Yes. But here's the problem. The enemy knows that, too, and so he pushes us away, right. and he distracts us. So there's two tables every single morning that are prepared for you. There's the table that's the presence of the Lord, that he's welcoming you to come and sit. Then there's the table of distraction, come and on. it's full of oh. emails. It's full of Instagram, TikTok, social media, text messages, notifications, and it's vying for your attention. But if you will stop and bypass the table of distraction, pull up a chair to the table of the Lord, you will have these fresh encounters every morning. So some of you, you need to like set some uh, guidelines on your phone so you can't even get on certain apps until a certain time so that you're not tempted. Listen, I do that. I delete things because I realize that there is an enemy trying to pull me away to have a connection with the Lord. Jesus did this. What did he do? He spent a lot of time in ministry. He spent a lot of time teaching. He spent a lot of time delivering people, but he would always withdraw to a quiet place Good. and spend time with his father. He knew which table to sit at. And some of you right now, pray I'm just that. preaching. We're, we're supposed to be praying to you right now. So <laughs> let's uh, let's pray that. Let's pray that God would remove and the distractions. And let, let me just add this. I think sometimes we pray, God, remove distractions. And God's like, or you can just do it. You know <laughs> yes. what I'm saying? Like, Lord, take away my distraction. God's like, or just don't go on Instagram for four hours. Yes. So let's pray that God would show us areas in our life. And I'm by the way, when we're praying, I'm just as guilty as y'all. I'm like, Lord, I'm distracted. I'm not in prayer like I should. I'm just being carnal and lukewarm. So we're not preaching at you guys, acting no. like you're the only one struggling. We also struggle with distraction. We right. also struggle with getting on Instagram for too long, Netflix, game, whatever it is. We Pickleball, hello. No, Lord, not the pickleball. Oh, we get help. distracted. And uh, the Lord wants to point his finger on those distractions. David prayed this. He said, Lord... Search my heart. This is what he said, and point out anything in my life that offends you. Preach. David prayed that the finger of God would point out areas of his life that offended God and that prevented him from having that relationship. So I'm praying today, Lord, search my heart. God, is there any idols in my life? Is there anything in the way? Is there anything distracting me from the place of prayer, from having a relationship? In Luke 11, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them one thing. That's right. This is the only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. It wasn't teach us to preach. It wasn't teach us to cast out demons. It wasn't teach us to uh, feed this people or teach us to do miracles. miracles they said, teach yeah. us to pray because they understood there's something different about Jesus right. that we're not doing. That's and good. that connection to prayer will lead to good preaching, casting out demons, healing the yeah. sick, and everything else you guys are wanting to do. It starts in prayer. I wish I can get on here and give you guys a shortcut. I wish I can say, all you have to do is this, or all I have to do is that. There's no shortcut to developing a prayer life. Father, we pray today, Lord, Jesus that we would name. develop a prayer life. God, we pray that you'd remove every distraction. I pray right now for every person watching this stream, you would remove and put your finger on the distractions. God, what yeah, are the areas in our good. life that are stopping us from the place of prayer? I pray, God, that we would smash our idols instead of worshiping them. I hear the Lord saying, some of you need to stop worshiping your idols and smash your idols. Ooh, you need to good. break your idols. You need to break your compromise. You need to get rid of... Jesus said, if your eye causes you to sin gouge it out. It's better to enter heaven with one eye than hell with two eyes. So what is it that God wants to gouge out? What is it that God wants to remove? And it's time for you to remove it. Is it video games? Are you sitting there four, six, seven hours a day dropping in on Call of wow. Duty, but not dropping in the secret place? Ooh. Are you sitting there worshiping Fortnite instead of worshiping Yahweh? A lot of you grown men, let me talk to the grown men. Oh, go there. You are spending hours and hours playing children's video games and there's no prayer life. There's no passion for God. And then you have the nerve to come to our services and say, oh, I'm not really into that whole worship thing. I'm not into that whole prayer thing. You are into worship. You're just into worshiping Xbox, PlayStation yeah. 5, and Fortnite. You're not into worshiping God. So we need to get delivered from extended, Corey Russell says this, I'm gonna steal it from him in case Do he it. watches us. I gotta give him credit. We are living in extended adolescence. We're now 30 and 40 year old men are acting like they're 16 in their mom's basement playing video games all day. And the Lord honestly wants to deliver you from that addiction. It's an addiction. Your wife's frustrated. Your kids don't know why you don't play with them or hang out with them. Dad's with his headset on again. You spend more time with your headset on than hearing the voice of God. And God wants to pull you out of that video game room. Corey Russell calls it the stupid room. Yep. Pull you out of that room of video games, entertainment, and escapism. 
And now God says, I want to be your escape. I want to be the one that you run to for pleasure and run yeah, to for good. satisfaction and run to for peace. So I'm praying, and this is just a word of knowledge. Okay, I did have written down, go against video games, all yeah. right? I'm just saying this is one area where I see guys are failing at by spending hours and hours a day living lazy, living lazy, and there's no room for lazy in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, you have to lay everything down and you have to seek me. And so we really want to develop a prayer life. I want every distraction removed. Father, I pray right now, God, remove every distraction out of my heart, God. Anything in the way, even if it's YouTube, God, I pray, remove anything in my life yes. that's a distraction to getting in prayer. Now, if you guys are praying and you have a relationship with God, praise the Lord, go do all the stuff you're doing, have fun, do the entertainment, do all the fun stuff. But it's a problem when our prayer life is starving, when we don't spend time with God, yet we're spending time with everything else. So that's the issue. The issue is not the video games. No. The issue is the video games have become our God and have become our idol. Yeah. Someone and said it, that sounds like my husband. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, and I was also going to say, too, is that um, in the book of Exodus, Joshua is getting ready to step into this transition of leading the children of Israel. The Bible says that he lingers a little longer in the presence of God. Come on. Let that be a word for some of you men, women in here Linger. that you just need to stay a little longer. 2024, maybe it's the year that you extend your prayer time, extend your time in the word just a little longer because what God is going to do in your life, you're going to need that extra anointing. You're going to need that extra oil. You're going to need to know his voice in such a supernatural way. Isaiah, you're just reading my mail, and I'm just here to confess that I had an addiction to social media, and the Lord was speaking to me in the secret place. In 2019, he said, give it up. In 2020, he said, give it up. And I kept making excuses. Come I'm on. like, I need this. I need this for my ministry. I need this for everything I'm doing. Finally, in 2021, I laid down social media. I took a year and a half break, and guess what happened, Isaiah? I got more intimate with the Lord. His voice was amplified, and no longer was I doing things for the approval of men. Come no on. longer was I doing anything for likes and comments. All of a sudden, the only affirmation I was receiving was from my Father in heaven. And oh, how that became everything that I needed. Maybe that's Jesus. for some of you. Maybe some of you, it's a it's an app. Maybe some of you, you just need to take a break. The start of January is the most, did you know this, Isaiah? I just, I'm gonna make something up. Go ahead. <laughs> that January is the most uh, sacred month for people being disciplined in the yeah. whole entire year. You didn't they make fast. that up. That's actually a true statement. Yeah. They fast, they go to the gym, they uh, go on a strict diet. But then what happens? February comes right. around, chocolate shows up on the shelves, it's <laughs> Valentine's on. Day, and then they fall off the wagon again. Maybe you don't have to fall off the wagon in your Come prayer on. life. Maybe the answer to everything that you're going through is staying a little longer, deleting the distractions. And so, Father, I just pray Dear for Lord, everyone watching everyone. right now in Jesus' name that Help they would be us. obedient to your voice. Jesus. God, it's so easy to make excuses, Lord. Excuses are all over the place, and the enemy is filling our head. Even now, as I'm praying for you, the excuse is, yes. well, you need this. You can't have without it. Your life's going to be not be the same, but the Lord is saying this. If you really want my voice, if you really want my word, his presence Jesus. is what you need more than anything. There's a reason why Joshua lingered a little longer. He knew where God was taking him in the next season. He was going to have to have this place of intimacy. So, Father, I pray you're speaking to men right now. You're speaking to women right now. You've been saying to them, for a long time. Cut it off. Gouge it out. Delete it. And they keep struggling. Why, why, why? It's because God wants to send you into the next season. Come he on. Want, he's preparing you, but he's looking for obedience. He's looking for radical, transitional obedience. And will you do it? Will you say yes? Stop making excuses. You need to do it even right now as I'm praying. I saw somebody say, I just deleted Facebook. Come I just on. uninstalled the app. Especially it's Facebook. working. Delete yeah, it. especially Facebook. Come That's for on. old people. All right. So, <laughs> Father, thank I thank you, you for it. I thank you for the courage now to step into what you have for them. Yeah, and I pray, Lord, as they start to meet with you, Lord, I pray that you would speak to them in a way that they can receive powerfully from you. Lord, I pray just like Samuel, who was awakened in your presence, I pray for a great awakening yes, right now, Lord, in Jesus' gone. name, that all of a sudden their ears would be open in yes. Jesus' name. Yes, and I want to say this. For all of you men, I know I'm going hard against the men. I'm a guy, so I'm going for it. It's time to stop letting your wife carry your family in prayer. Dude, it's time to stop. Go, Why yeah, is it so every good. prayer meeting we do I at church, of that. it's all the ladies, it's all the women. Oh, my husband didn't want to come. He's too tired. He's too this. It's time for some of y'all men to man up. It's time to man Let's up go. and to start fighting for your family in prayer. None of us men right now that are real men, come on, help me, would allow a burglar or a robber to break into our house and to 
attack our family. Yet why is it when it comes to prayer, we allow the enemy into our homes, we allow the enemy into our televisions, and we don't defend our family in prayer? You are called to be the prayer shield of your home. So you good. are called to be the priest of your home. So yes, real men pray. Real men get on their knees. This battle we're fighting is happening on our knees. So Father, I pray, let the men rise up. Let men pray for their children. Let men pray for their wife. Stop telling your wife, oh, you can go pray for the kids at night. Every one of you men, I'm telling you right now, should be laying hands on your kids every single night as they go to sleep. You should be praying for them, that the Lord would protect them, guard them, guide them. I pray over my kids, and I'm not trying to be self-righteous and virtue signal. I pray over my kids every night since they were babies, even when they were in their, my wife's stomach, That's I good. pray, Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit. Every single night, you can ask my kids, I pray that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that God would guard them, guide them, and protect them, that no plan of the enemy would pass in their life, and that they would serve the Lord all the days of their life. Men, I'm just saying, something happens when you start praying for your kids, and they go, oh, I see dad. Some statistic that I'm about to butcher, something like 90 plus percent of men that go to church, church the kids yep. go to church. Right. And like less than 10% of only women that go to church, the kids go to church. Men have a refining influence and um, just so power over their kids. And so use that power in a good way. Influence your kids for God. Stop sitting around vaping, cussing, and drinking around mm -hmm. them. And what if they see dad praying? What if they see you open up your Bible for the first time? Father, I just pray right now you'd raise up godly men yes. that would be positive spiritual examples in their home. God, I pray they'd be spiritual leaders and not spiritual losers. I pray, God, these men out here, God, are warriors for you. Help yeah, them, God, good. develop a prayer life. Help them get radical. Help us. Help me and Jared, God, be the men you've called us yes. to be. Help Speak us walk in obedience and humility and grace and kindness towards our wife, towards our kids. God, help us to fight the battle. Come on. Some of you men right now, I see you in the chat. Say, Lord, do it in me. God, I'm tired of being a wimp. I don't want to be a wimp. I want to be a warrior. I'm tired of being lazy spiritually. I'm tired of being lazy. God, help me. Father, we just pray, touch the men right now. Let me give you guys this verse. This is the pivotal verse for the secret place. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, so Jared, it doesn't say if you pray, oh, meaning true. Jesus expects all of us to pray. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door. And then he says this, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And y'all that follow me have heard me say this a million times, my favorite verse, who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. So Jesus tells us the geographical location of God, the father on the earth. For those of you like, I just can't connect with God. Uh, have you been to the secret place? God is in the secret place waiting for you. He doesn't go there once you get there. He's already in there. So he's waiting for you to enter in, Good. shut the door. Now, of course, let me be clear. Jesus is talking about a physical door, but I also think, this is my thought on it, there's also a spiritual door in our mind because what happens when you pray? Your mind gets flooded with what am I going to eat? What am I going to do tomorrow? Where do I have to go? I have to pay this bill. I forgot the kids have to go here. Our mind's flooded and Jesus says, of course, shut the physical door. But I always say, shut the door of your mind, the door of distraction yeah, that good. wants to pull you out of prayer. And then he says, pray and your father is in secret. So don't be mad that you're not experiencing God if you're not in the secret place. Like, oh, I don't know why I just haven't experienced God lately. How much time have you spent in the secret place? And I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also saying like, man, I need to get in the secret place more. The days I preach, I spend several hours in the secret place. But what about the days I don't preach? What about the time I have off? What about the days where I'm not working? I'm not streaming. Am I getting in the secret place as much as I should? No. Am I spending time with God like I should? Maybe instead of when I drive home from taking my kids to school, maybe instead of listening to hip hop music, Christian hip hop music, by the way, I should listen to worship music and get in the secret yeah, place. Some of you commute an hour and a half. Make your car your secret place. Make your laundry room. Oh, I got to do laundry again. Make that the secret place and start. It's not religious. Guys, we're not doing some religious thing. Get alone with God and you'll develop time in the secret place. Jared, share with us a little bit about the secret place. And you met somebody yes. that had a secret place. You didn't have one. I'm not trying to put you on blast <laughs> no, here. True. Put you on screen. Jared didn't have one, but he met someone and he realized this guy has a secret place and I don't. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So years ago, I was going on a fishing trip and I hop in a car, two buddies, and we're about 30 minutes from the river. And I was like, hey, I'm so excited to go fishing. We're going to catch all these fish because they actually asked me to go and help kind of guide. They didn't know this part of the river out here in Sacramento. And so I started telling them all of a sudden he like says, hey, 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 calm down a little <laughs> bit. Um, 
before we get there, we're just going to spend time in the presence of the Lord and just worship. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, he cranks up the worship music and begins to sing. And as he began to sing, um, the glory, like, man, I'll get, I'll get emotional thinking about Come it, but on. the radi- radiating presence of God filled that car, and I just began to weep for the next 25 minutes. And I was like, I don't have this in Come my on. life, but I want this. I need this. And we pull up to the fishing spot, and we're, we're, we're getting out, and I just sat there frozen in the truck going, this is what I need in my mm-hmm. life. Like, if anything, this relationship is not about fishing. It's about I just got permission that there is a deeper place in God that I need to go to. I just had somebody, a forerunner, go before me that says, hey, this is how you can do this. And so I spent the next two and a half years making excuses to hang out with this guy because I wanted to get what he had on his life. He had developed a secret life of prayer that when he opened his mouth, there was this divine connection that he had fought for, and it was every single day. It was so consistent. It wasn't just the days that he was a pastor. It wasn't just the days he ministered. Even he shares this story, Isaiah, that one day some friends showed up to pick him up to take him snowboarding for his birthday. They show up to his house, surprising him, and his wife's like, hey, so excited, yes. And he goes, hey, why don't you guys go get some Starbucks and then come back and pick me up. They're like, oh, no, we'll just hop in the car. We can just go on the way. And he goes, no, 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 um, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord before we go. Wow. And they all kind of like, uh, okay. And so they go get Starbucks, come back like 30 minutes later, and his, you know, his eyes are bloodshot from crying, and he gets in the car. He's just like, man, guys, the Lord just loves you so much. Thank you so much. And they, he just starts speaking to them. They all start weeping, and they're like, we didn't know that you did this every single day. Wow. We thought you just, you know, once in a while. We had no idea. And he's like, how else am I going to survive, you guys? He's all that I got. Like, what else am I going to do with my life? And so for some of you men, you just don't have somebody like that mm. that's probably shown you that. You've probably grown up maybe in a religious environment, and so I just want to give you permission. I saw my own dad. I woke up at 5 a.m. when I was 8 years old, and I heard a noise in the living room. My own father was laying on the floor praying, praying for our family, praying for, for work to come, praying in the Spirit. I saw the secret of my dad's strength, and it was he was a man of prayer. He would go into the secret place and shut the door. He had no other distractions, and I could hear him crying out to the Lord. I remember it so vividly. I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be when I grow up. That's what, I want to be a man of prayer. And for you men that are watching this come right on. now, maybe even some Somebody sent this to you because they, they're like, hey, you need some help with this. It's okay. <laughs> However you are watching this right now, this is for you. I want to give you courage right now to just to go close the door. You can even do this right now. Go sit in your car. Go sit Good in the word. garage. Go find a closet. Yes. Bury yourself. Turn on some worship music and just begin to edify and just tell Come the on. Lord how much you love him. Isaiah, I've had three different men over the last month reach out to me and say, I don't know how to worship the Lord. Wow. I don't know how to get into his presence. I see other people are doing it. How come I can't? So this is this is for you. This is the time that we have to do it right now. And for some of you, you've been asking questions and you've been looking for the world for answer. Like, Rick Warren, a Christian pastor, he wrote a book, 32 million copies called Purpose Driven Life. Wow. It was the cry of a generation. But you know what we need? We need a presence-driven yes, life. Yes. We need to be driven by the presence of God. And if we are driven by the presence of God, we'll get everything that we need. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days, 40 nights. And what did he receive? He received the pattern for the yes. tabernacle. You will receive the pattern for your life the more that you're in the presence of God. So, Father, I just release yes. right now a hunger and a desire for more of you. God, we just, we just ask you for an awakening in their appetite, an awakening for real pleasure, an awakening, God, to know you. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you would right now just reveal, as Isaiah prayed earlier, search their hearts, God, reveal it to them. And I ask you for a radical, instant obedience. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't delay it because when we're in your presence, we hear yes, so clearly, God. we have to be obedient because what happens? We step out of your presence, we get back to real life, real responsibility, and all of a sudden the distractions flood us and we go, oh, I I don't really need to delete that app. I don't really need to set my alarm an hour early. I really don't need to do those things. So the Lord's saying, do it now. Be radical with your faith. Be just like when you were born again. How radical were you? You had this childlike faith and you didn't care what people thought. You didn't care what people would think about you. You would share your faith. You would pray for the sick. You would do things and you're like, oh, this is the joy of my life. Why? Because Jesus taught us a secret. He said, I have food that you don't know about, disciples. My food is to do the will of the one who sent me. 
me. So, Father, I pray that they would start hungering and thirsting for being obedient to yes. you and that you would spiritually nourish them, you would spiritually fulfill them, and that, God, they would get everything that they need for this year of their life. God, it's not an accident that they turn on this podcast. It's not an accident that they tune into the stream. Lord, this is divine destiny that you have an appointment for them because you've been knocking on their heart's door saying, come, let me in. I am desiring to meet with you. Why? Because when you step into what God has been preparing for you, it's going to solve so many other things in your life. So much of your marriage intimacy issues yes. is going to be solved when you get in the secret place. The, your children and their rebellious spirit is going to be solved when you get in the secret place and you hear from the Lord the pattern and how to get keys to their heart. Every child is wired differently and you need to hear from the Lord come yourself on. how to minister to every child, how to speak to every child, how to correct every child, and how to love every child. So Father, I just bless these men right now, God, and I know what it's like. God, I know what it's like to not have those people in your life. So Father, I pray that you would, they would be able to find somebody, find somebody to lock arms and run after you together, and I just bless them in Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, I pray that they would start prayer meetings. There's nothing stopping you yes. guys from starting a prayer meeting in your home, inviting friends over, inviting family over, and asking them to pray with you. God, I pray that prayer meetings would rise up. I pray families, I see families together praying. I see some of you Come in the on. chat. You're going to start bringing your friends over, bringing your family over, and making your home a sanctuary for God. Ooh, that's good. Making your house an altar for God to show up, change. What else do you have but God? What else do we have in this life? We've given everything. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must lay his life down. So you're already dead. Romans 12, your body belongs to God. Now's the moment to say, all of my life is all about God. People, is there anything else you talk about by, but God? What else matters in life? God is the most important thing in my life. Having a relationship with him is the most important thing in my life. Do I struggle? Do I not pray enough? Do mm. I not? Absolutely. But the Lord says, don't be condemned. Some of you stop being condemned. Today's a new day. Now's the day of salvation. If you feel like I failed at my prayer life, guess what? Today's a new day. His grace is new every single day. You can get up and say, Lord, I failed you, but I know your mercy is new. God is not hitting you over the head with a lightning bolt today. That's God good. is not mad at you. He's yeah. madly in love with you. He's not sitting here waiting to smack you up and tell you you're not doing enough. God is saying, come to me. I've been waiting. I always use this illustration. It's like, you know, the guy at the restaurant in some, I don't even know what, Hallmark movie where the waiter says, is the girl ever going to show up? He's like, she'll be here any minute. And he waits hours and hours and hours with a glass of water. This is how God is in the secret place wow. waiting for you. And you keep blowing God off. You keep treating God like he's just some weekend thing, just some uh, friends with benefits. And God says, no, I want relationships. Stop leaving me waiting in the secret place. And I want you to come here. I'm not mad at you. I want to spend time with you. How do I become more like God? You become like the people you hang out with. If you hang out with somebody, you start becoming like them. I was just telling Paul and Morgan, I started hanging out with Jared again, and we've known each other for 10 years. And Jared told me two things I do with my kids because I saw how amazing Jared's kids are. I said, what are you doing with these kids? I, want, I need my kids to be like this. He said, I have no TV or iPads Monday to Friday. They're allowed to get it on the weekend or watch something or play a game on their iPad. No iPads or TV throughout the week. And every single morning, I have Bible study and prayer with my kids. So guess what I started doing? We started taking the kids' iPads away and TV away all week long, and we noticed within days a dramatic difference. And starting this year, I'm getting up 30 minutes early with my kids, and we do 30-minute Bible study every morning. I got around someone that's doing things for God, and I'm becoming like Jared. The things he does, I'm starting to do now. You have to get alone with God. Start hanging out with God. Imagine if you hung out with God, you become like him. You need to get in your prayer closet and say, I'm not leaving this prayer closet till I become a better husband. I'm not leaving this prayer closet until this pride breaks so off of me. Good. I'm not leaving. I am not leaving this prayer closet with a porn addiction. I'm tired of going yep. into prayer addicted and then coming out addicted. I am getting breakthrough. I'm going to wrestle with God. There's a principle of knocking until he opens, seeking until you find him, and asking until he answers. Now, the question is, how long do I search for God? And the answer is, how long do you look for your car keys? Yeah. If you've lost your car keys in the chat, let me know how long you looked for your car keys when you lost them. And the answer is going to be until you found them. You don't say, oh, I guess I didn't find my car keys. I'm not going to work today. You keep looking until you find it. So if you can look for your car keys until you find them, you can look for God until you find him. So God good. desires you to pursue him. When I play hide and seek with my kids, I don't go hide up in my attic and say, all right, I'm going to make it hard for them to find me. No, I hide somewhere easy. I hide behind the couch with my legs sticking out. So my three-year-old 
it has joy when she finds me. I didn't hide <laughs> hard, but it's so joyful to see my three-year-old look for me and pursue me. And then when she finds me, she laughs, she's excited. God hides like that. When God hides, he hides behind the couch with his legs sticking out and says, I'm not making myself hard to find, but I want you to pursue me. Yes. I want you to seek after me. So we pray until, we ask until, and we search until. We don't stop. And some of you, I really feel what Jared said earlier in your prayers, you stop minutes before breakthrough. You stop moments before breakthrough. And all God is saying is just, I want you to seek me a little bit. I see you seeking a new job. I see you seeking that girl. And that's all fine and great. Praise the Lord. But I want to see you seek me as well. I want to see you make me a priority. The Bible says this, seek first. This is very important. First, the kingdom of God and all of these other things will be added. So God is like, I actually don't want you to seek me second. I actually don't want you to seek me third. Some of you seek God at the end of the week. You give him a little hungover, leftover worship on Sunday. And God's like, actually, I don't really want your leftovers. Leftovers aren't really that good. I want fresh. I want now. I want you to make me number one. So in the morning, I'm going to seek God before anything else. Even if it's a few minutes, even if it's a five-minute prayer in the morning, Lord, I love you. I honor you. I acknowledge you. I'm aware of you. I give you my day. Lord, use me today. Give me divine appointments. Open up doors. I consecrate today to you. That took me 20 seconds to pray. And God's like, okay, you take me serious. I'll take you serious. You give me everything. I'll give you everything. You acknowledge me. I'll acknowledge you. You honor me. I'll honor you. You make me a priority. I'll make you a priority. Many of you in the chat, you want God to make you a priority when you make him an, op an option. And God says, I want you to make me a priority in your life. Wake up in the morning, seek the Lord, and just say, God, today is all about you. I honor you, Father. So I pray, Lord, people in this chat would have relationship with you. God, we don't want religion. We don't want some religious duty. We're not like Pharisees babbling the same thing over and over. God, we want to be relational. So mm -hmm. Father, I pray over every single person watching that they would develop a intimate, deep relationship with you. That God, we know prayer is the access point to knowing you. It's the place. Jesus said God is looking for worshipers in spirit and in truth. We know that God is spirit and we must engage with him in prayer. So Father, I just pray right now that you'd release prayer warriors, intercessors. Yes. Give us a hunger for prayer. I know you're in the chat saying, Isaiah, I'm struggling. Join the club. We're all struggling out here. The struggle's real. We're all trying to pray more. We're yeah. all busy. We all have 168 hours in the week. We all have 24 hours in the day. None of us have more or less time than the other. Paul said, I pray constantly. If Paul can do it, you can do it. Lord, I just pray right now, raise up the prayer warriors. Spark a fire in someone today, God. Yes. I, I don't know. I'm tired of these like, Lord, give me fire, give me fire. And we don't even do anything. I'm like, we're not even, what do we need fire for? We're not praying. We're not reading. We're not evangelizing. Like, Lord, send us, send us to people. I, Use us, God, and just help us develop a prayer life. I'm going to have Jared share something and pray. And then we're going to do something we've never done on these broadcasts. I do this in my personal life, but I've never done it on stream. And I want to spend a little bit of time praying the scriptures. Yes. We have about 30 minutes left. So maybe you've never prayed the scripture. We're going to teach you how to pray the scripture and we're going to do it together. And the scriptures we're going to pray, ding, 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 are scriptures on prayer. Okay, so we're praying scriptures about prayer to help develop a better prayer life so we can become prayer warriors. <laughs> how many times do I just say prayer there? All right, so that's what we're going to do. But Jared, I, I feel you got something burning yeah. you want to say. Yeah, so we'll do you this. said it a couple times and everyone, especially in the church world, talks about having a divine appointment, right? Mm. Boys talk about, oh, and then God entered the conversation and he took over and he spoke through me or somebody that you met read your mail, and was like, man, this was such a divine appointment. But did you know that every single morning, you have the greatest appointment of your day Good. reserved with the Trinity, with all of divinity, like Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, all waiting for you every single morning. What if the CEO of the business that you work for was telling you, hey, I'm coming into town, and I want to spend time with you. Wow. What would you do? You would clear your schedule. You would make sure you're dressed appropriately. You would make sure, make sure you showed up early to that meeting. And you would you would make sure you tell your wife and kids, hey, listen, I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to have all this stuff going on. Like, I've got to be focused. I'm getting ready to wow. meet with the, king, with the king, the boss, the one that's like running all the, calling all the shots. And then what happens? How do we treat the king of the universe, the mm. one that laid his life down for us, the one that his spirit is filling us on a continual basis. How do we treat him? We treat him like he's just yeah. something ordinary. We just treat him like he's, you know, breakfast. No, oh, I got to check a box. What if we had that same reverence for him? What if you went into your calendar right now and blocked an yes. hour out in the morning and said, my time with God? 
and nothing touches that. That becomes sacred space for you. Instead of Isaiah, just like everybody else, well, I just don't know where I'm going to fit him in. Wow. I've got so much responsibility. Oh, I talk to him sometimes in the shower or sometimes on my drive to work, wherever I can fit him in. But if we're followers of Christ Come and disciples, on, we do everything that he says and we hang on every word that he says. So we have this divine appointment every single morning if we would create the space for him. And I can tell you, Isaiah, the Bible says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near yes. to us. If you make it a priority, he will show up powerfully. My, the, the last thing I want to share before we start praying scripture is this. Some of you just need to just need to know what to do. I will tell you what I do right now. This will take me Good. 60 seconds. I wake up early. I grab a cup of coffee. I go and sit in my car. Why? Because there's so many distractions in my house. Wow. Okay. I, I can look at everything I need he to clean. Kids. Yes. Everything I need to organize. Um, and so I go sit in my car. Sometimes I drive a couple blocks away or sit in my driveway. I turn on worship music and I begin to worship the Lord and I begin to sing to him. I begin to tell him how much I love him. And I do not open the scriptures, Isaiah, until I feel his presence. Mm. And when I feel his presence and I begin to read, it's like every single thing is jumping off the pages at me. And I don't read a ton. I just read until he speaks. And when I hear his voice or he, where the Holy Spirit illuminates something, then when I read that, I start to pray that scripture. I start to write notes about that scripture, how it applies to my life. And then all of a sudden the spirit is illuminating and reminding me of other scriptures. And I go on this wild goose hunt and I start chasing down things. And these thoughts are flooding my mind. And all of a sudden I am having the most entertaining time with God. And when I get done with that and I walk into my house, my countenance is different. I feel the peace of God. I feel his presence resting on me. And when I go into the home before I'm going to go and sit with my kids and do that Bible study, I have some fresh manna from heaven Come that on. the Lord just spoke to me. And I'm going, hey, kids, this is what God wants to remind us of, how important forgiveness is. And mm. let me tell you how many uh, people I didn't forgive until I got saved. And then once I got saved, unforgiveness was like this was this spiritual uh, growth stunting me, and I could not grow past my level of forgiveness. And once I started forgiving people, and I walked my kids through that. So Isaiah, let's, let's yes, pray some scriptures. thank you, Lord. Yeah, we're going to pray the scriptures, guys. So we're going to say the scripture, and then we're going to, we don't have like prayers written down, you know? We're not a, we're not a Catholic out here. Let's just say it that way. We're just going to be led. That was probably uncalled for. Okay. We're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to let the Spirit lead us in our prayers. Some of them will be short prayers, long prayers, but these all of these scriptures, I just randomly put down our scriptures that have to do with prayer. So Mark eleven twenty four. 24, if you guys are taking notes, you can write these down in your notepad and pray these later. It says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. So Ooh, this is about praying. I want that one. Yeah, I know. I get to start this one. <laughs> this is about praying and praying, believing God's going to actually do what we're praying. Wow. There's no point in praying. James says, I shouldn't be quoting more scriptures, but hey, James, yeah, James says, if you pray and you are double-minded, he says, this is what you're going to receive from God. Nothing. Mm. That's what you get. If you pray and you don't believe your prayer, expect to receive nothing. So I'm going to pray. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would help us to believe what we pray. God, mm. I pray, Lord, that every one of us would start praying prayers that we believe even before we've received them, let us believe them, God. Maybe it's your loved one. Maybe it's your kid. You're like, my kid would never be saved. I can't even believe he'd be saved. I want you to start praying for your son. Maybe he's addicted to drugs. Maybe he's confused about his sexuality. Maybe she's confused about life. I don't know, but I want you to start believing that God's gonna save them and say, God, I believe it even before I see it. Even before I see my son, who's a drug addict worshiping at the altar, I'm going to I'm going to see it. I'm going to believe it. God, I I believe you can save my kid. I believe you can save my marriage. No to divorce. This divorce will not happen. I believe God is going to restore my marriage. I believe God is going to save my marriage. So Father, I'm asking you, give us faith like Jacob had. Give us faith like Noah had. Come give on. us faith like Ezekiel had, like Jeremiah had, like Paul had like Peter had. God, these are men that believed their prayers. The Bible says the world wasn't even worthy of these men, that they shut the mouth of lions. God, I pray, give us that type of prayer that Daniel had, where they said, Daniel, if you keep praying, we're gonna kill you. And Daniel Ooh, prayed three times a day. That's good. And he believed his prayers. God, help us to believe. Father, forgive me for my unbelief. How many times have I prayed a prayer for someone and then God answers and I'm shocked? Me being shocked is my unbelief. God's like, why are you shocked? You didn't even believe your prayer. So I'm asking the Lord for every one of us watching, there's thousands of you watching that God would help us to believe our prayers. Our, guys, I'm tired of praying prayers I don't believe. I'm tired of 
praying these roulette prayers where I'm like, I hope it lands on red today. I hope it lands on black. <laughs> we just we just pray prayers like they're slot machines. Like if it all lines up, if all the sevens line up, maybe God will answer. And God's like, that's not prayer. Prayer is relational. Prayer is commitment. Prayer is conversational. Prayer is not random. We're not buying a lottery ticket every time we pray. We got to actually start believing our prayers. It's no wonder. I, I can't take this long in every verse. I'm, I'm being a bad example <laughs> okay. here. I'm done right here. It's no wonder people that don't believe in healing don't get healed. It's no wonder people that don't believe in deliverance don't. I don't know why God hasn't delivered me. I don't believe in it. Like, of course you don't, you don't believe in it. How are you going to say you don't believe in it, but you don't know why God hasn't done it? A lot of guys that preach against speaking in tongues, they just don't believe. They say, we don't believe in tongues. I'm like, well, yeah, that's why you would never speak in it because you don't even believe in it. So <laughs> this is about let's believe our prayers and let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us believe in Jesus' name. Okay, we have like 70 verses. We just got through one in five minutes. So I'm sorry, Jared. Go ahead, bro. Go okay, ahead. Go the next fine. one. You might have to do five right now. All right. I will use self-control. Romans 8.26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Ooh. If you've been feeling weak, this is your scripture. Yeah. For we do not know what to pray for. How many of you have not known what to pray for? I am guilty. As we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes with for us with groanings too deep for words. Lord. When you don't know what to pray, the Spirit will yes. intercede through you. And another thing that I do when I read the Scripture is I'm reminded that I need to pray in the Spirit, mm. and the Holy Spirit is going to bring back remembrance yep. of everything God's done in my life. He's going to put people in my mind of people that need prayer. I, how many times have I been praying in the spirit, just praying in tongues, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to text Tim right now. Oh, I need to message Isaiah. I need to text Joe right now. All of a sudden, the spirit himself, because we're weak, because we're fleshly, because we have so many distractions, the spirit will like override our thoughts yep. and give us a direct connection to the Father, and all of a sudden we're like, this is what you need to do. Yes. This is what you need to pray. This is what you need to say yes to. This is what you need to say no to, and then he himself will start to groan within you. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I just Thank pray you, for Lord. everyone watching. We just pray, God. Lord, we are weak, yep. but the Spirit makes us strong. We need to pray in the Spirit. We sometimes, our, our prayer list is like five things. Lord, help me get rich. Help me find the right mate. Help my kids to serve you. Help me to not go back to the addiction. And then we're like, what else do I need? But the, if you get into the Spirit, the Spirit will mm. open up the windows of heaven. And all of a sudden, you're praying for all these things. Maybe in your city. You've never even prayed for your city before, Come but on. you've complained about city council. Maybe go you'll ahead. start praying for the government and start cursing. You know, I'm believing that our government here in California we're going to see a revival. I'm believing he's going to, like Daniel prayed for those that are in authority. I'm believing that God's going to visit them in the night. God's going to send them dreams. So we're just praying. But the spirit himself will intercede through you. He will remind you of things. He'll remind you of God's faithfulness. Last thing is this, Isaiah, and I'm, I'm running into your anointing, <laughs> is when anointing. I was going through a real hard time, and Isaiah knows about this. I shared with this with him personally. This summer, I, me and my wife were going through one of the most intense warfares. We, it was 30 days of nonstop barrage. And I remember laying in a hotel room at 2 a.m. and I was just sitting there praying in the spirit. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like running. I feel like abandoning. I feel like quitting. I had all these emotions. And I open up the Bible and the Holy Spirit says right here. And I read the scripture about how, how Jacob wrestled with God. Wow. And then he says this, I'm not letting you go until you speak to me until you bless me. And I said, God, I am not letting you go until you speak to me. And then the Lord spoke to me a word, and guess what? The Holy Spirit illuminated it, and it gave me everything I needed for the rest of that season. But guess what? That would have never happened unless I was praying the Come Spirit, on. and He was helping me in my time of weakness. So good. Thank you, Lord. Um, here's Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. So mm. is there anything in my life I should have anxiety about? Well, the Bible says be anxious about nothing. Exactly. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So if you're struggling with anxiety, hello, somebody, amen, praise the Lord, help me, Lord. If you're struggling with being anxious about things in life, we're going to pray right now that you would, instead of being anxious, so what do I do? Because when I'm anxious, God's not God's not like, well, you're in sin because you, you're anxious. When I'm anxious, instead of being anxious, I start praying about whatever I'm That's anxious good. about. So instead of anxiety, prayer. What do I do when I'm anxious? Pray about everything. What do I pray about? Everything. Well, is anything not, I shouldn't be praying about? No, pray about everything. So I pray, Father, help us when we're anxious to choose prayer over anxiety. Lord, let us choose 
get praying about something instead of worrying about something. That's good. We pray, God, that you would break the power of anxiety off our lives. We pray, God, that you'd Jesus remove God. the power of anxiety. Some of you have anxiety attacks. I used to get anxiety attacks. And when I got saved, I got delivered. God healed me of anxiety attacks. I used to get where my heart would be racing and I'd feel like I was going to throw up. I felt like I was going to pass out for literally no reason. Like it was always the same time every day and made no sense. It was so dumb. It no reason. And when I got saved and I got delivered, the Lord removed those from my life. I've never had an anxiety attack since. I got on stage before, preached to 10,000 people and didn't have an anxiety attack. Wasn't anxious. Why? Because I prayed about it. I started seeking the Lord and God delivered me from anxiety. So if God can do it for me, I'm not special. I was an atheist. If God can deliver me and save me, God can do it in you. So I'm just praying, God, that you would deliver us from anxiety from fear, from worry, from dread. And instead of being anxious, I want you every time you're anxious to just pray about what you're anxious about. Oh, I'm anxious because I have an interview. Oh, I'm anxious because I have to go here. I'm anxious because I'm I'm having a baby on the way. I'm anxious because I can't afford the baby. I'm anxious because my house payment. Every time you're anxious, start praying about that. Lord, I know that you're gonna give me a healthy baby. Lord, I know the payment's gonna come through. Lord, I know you're gonna open that door at work. God, you didn't bring me all this way to leave me here. If you feed the birds, you're gonna feed my family. God, I'm not gonna be anxious about this interview. I'm not gonna be anxious about this case I'm working. Whatever it is, everything in your life you can pray about. Everything you can pray about. So we're gonna remove anxiety and replace it with prayer. God, I pray you'd help us right now. Yes. Remove anxiety. I'm preaching to myself right now. And replace it with prayer. In Jesus' name, let us pray and just seek you. Thank you, Lord. And Matthew 6, 7 says this, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Mm. You probably don't know how to pray professionally. That's a good thing. I've been around a lot of professional prayers. I don't even know if that's a word, but (laughs) what they would do is they would would say all these big phrases, and I felt so insecure. Yes, I declare and declare (laughs) in Jesus' name that I bind every spirit from South Carolina, North Carolina, East and West, South and North. I go to the North Pole and I grab, you know, they would do these things. (laughs) I'm being funny, but it's true. Santa Claus spirit right out of I grab Rudolph by his red nose and and command it to... Okay, but we're having a great time. But here's the thing. The... When I, when I first started getting mentored by somebody that knew how to pray, and my friend Paul, we pray every Tuesday morning together. Here's what he taught me. He says, Jared, pray short phrases, mm. but then listen to what the Lord is saying. Because I was being raised in people that would be like, Shut a Honda. Yes, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Yes. And you, when people were yep. praying, you couldn't hear anything. You were yep. being deaf, you know, it was like deafening in your ear. All of a sudden, we would stop and pray small phrases. We'd say, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in our life. Lord, thank you for my marriage. Thank you for my children. And you would actually just be kind of calm and present and actually just not attack prayer like you were shooting a machine gun at somebody, but just listening and engaging like you would have a normal conversation. If I talk to Isaiah, I go, Isaiah, I just want to tell you something. I don't even know what's going on in my life right now, but I just want to say thank you. That's kind of how I talk all the time. Yeah, total 100%. So we need to not be like the Pharisees and the Gentiles that tried to make it feel like they were super spiritual, professional prayer warriors. We just need to be down-to-earth people. And that's the way that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Yep. He didn't give them this long, lengthy prayer. He just said, hey, you come to him and say, Father, yep. who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, whatever translation you want to you read. But listen, you just come to him like a child. Jesus said this, you want to enter the kingdom, you got to become like a child. Yes. Children don't have fancy prayers. Children have short, powerful yep. prayers. And we've heard each other's uh, children pray before, and they're just short phrases. And when my kids pray for me, I remember one time I was getting ready to preach at this uh, summer camp, and I grabbed my son Judah, who was about 13 at the time. I said, son, will you pray for me? And this is what he said, spirit come. That's all he said. And man, the presence of the Holy Spirit hit me so hard. And immediately I'm like, man, son, that was one of the most powerful prayers. And that, that service so many words of knowledge, so many people were healed and delivered, so many people were set free. And I came back to my son that evening. I said, son, that's because God answered your prayer. Mm. I didn't need a th- 
30 minutes should have bought a Honda prayer. I needed the faith of a child yes. to pray something so sincere and so real. And that's how God wants you to come to him. He doesn't want all of the professional prayers, the ones that you buy, the 1099 prayer cards. <laughs> he just wants the real prayers from your heart. Come on. I remember I was praying and there was a bunch of famous ministers and they were like, will you pray? And I started, I literally started, I decree a Joshua generation. I declare the fire of the seven altars of the seven <laughs> tribes. Of, I'm like, wait a minute, is there even seven tribes? I started making up all these elaborate prayers i kid you not bro as i'm praying and they're all like oh this is real fire this is good i heard the lord say stop the lord literally said wow. this as i'm praying the lord's like and this is what he said i know you i was like you know me he's like you don't pray that way that's not how you pray at home that's not how you pray in the sea and wow. then i stopped and humbled myself but the point was the lord's like you're just babbling on random empty phrases just like the Gentiles do because wow. you think the more nice words you have and you heard so-and-so, the more I hear you. And the Lord's like, dude, stop. That's not you. That's not how you pray. So I'm good. looking for relationship. I'm looking for conversation, relationship with you. Talk to God. He knows you. The Bible says before you even pray, he knows what you're going you're gonna to ask, but yeah. he still wants you to ask. He still wants to be invited in to what you're going through. So that's such a great word. All right, let me give you Jeremiah. I know, guys, we're going long. Who cares? <laughs> Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and hidden things that you have not known. So this is all about calling unto God and God answering. God is not going to answer a call that you didn't make. We get mad. Why didn't you answer the prayer? And God's like, you didn't even pray that prayer. What do you mean? You're mad I didn't save your dad. When's the last time you even prayed for your dad? Preach. I always get mad sometimes at God going, why isn't so-and-so saved? And God's like, uh, I don't even remember the last time you prayed for that person. I'm like, oh yeah, I don't pray for them. Wow. So I'm mad at God for not answering prayers. I don't pray. So Jeremiah, God's saying, call to me. You got to call to me. So, Father, I pray, according to Jeremiah 33, 3, that we would start calling you, Lord. I pray we would start calling unto you, and in that you'll answer, and you'll show us things that we have not known. We'll have encounters with God. We'll have spiritual experiences. I pray, God, help us to call upon you. God, we call so many other things for help. We have no problem calling someone when we get a flat tire. We have no problem calling insurance when we wreck our car. Let's start calling on the Lord when we wreck our lives. Let's start calling on the Lord when we make poor decisions. Let's start calling on the Lord before we make poor decisions. Like, I don't know why my life's not blessed. And God's like, because you don't even call upon me. You don't ask me for help. The Lord wants you to call him. So, Father, help us to call upon you. Help us to seek your face. Help us to seek your word. And you will show us things that we do not know. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Go for it, Jared. All right. Look how quick I was. See, you weren't even ready. <laughs> like, I was expecting a 45-minute sermon. All right. I got one from my phone that wasn't on our list here. Oh, no. But this is, uh, this is John scripture. 11. And this is Jesus getting ready to raise Lazarus from the dead. And we just get to peer into his personal prayer life. And it says this. So Jesus looks up to heaven, John eleven forty one, 41, and it says this. Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. It's good. And I just want to, to yes. release this right now that he always hears you. No matter what your prayers sound like, no matter if they're loud, if they're short, if they're quiet, whatever it is, you have to understand that no prayer falls on deaf ears. Good. There is nothing. The Bible says that his arm is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. So you have somebody that is attentive to your prayer. And when Jesus looks up to heaven... He shares one of the most powerful statements ever about his connection to the Father. He says, listen, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. Mm. He's listening to you right now. Some of you are in the chat saying, I want to be better at prayer. I want to experience uh, his presence in a new way. I, I want to do all these things. Listen, he is going to answer those prayers. He, he is does. not going to just push you away and say, no, you're in timeout because you're too distracted. I'm not going to show up. No, he is going to answer those prayers. He is listening. He is attentive to your cry. He is a father who loves you. And guess what? We're going to pray right now. So, Father, I Thank just you, pray Lord. for this for this anticipation, yes. for this expectation that, Lord, as they look up to heaven like Jesus did, that they know you are going to answer them right now. So, God, I just thank you that you're hearing their prayers. I pray that you would even give them a sign today, Lord, that you are listening for those that have been crying out day and night, Lord, for family members to come back home, for re relationships to be restored. We just pray right now, Lord. You said that right before you raised the dead. Nothing is impossible for you. We believe that you Lord. will answer. So, God, we just pray that this would be the day 
Lord, that they hear from you in Jesus' name. Yes, Matthew 26, 41. And those of you saying, will you guys recap all these scriptures? I'm just going to kindly ask you to rewind the video after <laughs> because we're skipping all around and I don't even know what verses we've gone over. Yes. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray so you don't enter into temptation. The spirit okay. is willing but the flesh is weak. So your flesh doesn't want to pray. And this is what Jesus talking to the disciples when they're falling asleep. He said, can you not pray for an hour? And you guys are falling asleep over here. And so what he's saying to them is, listen, your spirit wants to pray. Your spirit wants to worship. There, This is what I always tell people. There's a yes in you. Yeah. When I'm tired and weary and I'm like, I don't really want to pray, I always go, no, no, no. There's a yes in me. My spirit wants to pray. My spirit wants to read and worship, but my flesh is weak. My flesh doesn't want to. My flesh doesn't want to pray, doesn't want to read. So how do we stop from entering into temptation? We have to watch and pray. So I'm praying, Lord, right now for every person struggling with temptation, help them to watch and pray, God. Help them not enter into temptation. God, help their spirit to be strong. God, help us to feed our spirit more than our flesh. It's no wonder our flesh wins. Our flesh is way stronger than our spirit because we feed it more, but no more. Today, we are choosing to feed our spirit and to starve our flesh. Yeah. Type down in the chat, I'm gonna feed my spirit and starve my flesh so that my flesh will be weak and not speak to me, not talk to me, not tell me what to do. Some of you need to just tell your flesh to shut up your sinful nature. If you didn't know what the flesh is, the flesh is your sinful nature. It's not your skin and your bones. It's the sinful nature we all have. Tell your flesh to shut up and say, no, my spirit is willing. There's a yes in me. We're going to pray. I blocked out an hour a day on my calendar because if I don't do it that way, I, I won't end up doing it. And guess what? During that hour, nobody's calling me. Nobody's texting me. The flesh is going to shut up. My spirit is going to pray and we're going to break through and we're no longer going to enter into temptation. If you are on the computer, I'm just going to give you a spoiler alert. At midnight, you're probably going to fall into temptation. So get off the computer at midnight and get in the place of prayer. If you're like me, like I'm a night owl, I just don't like the mornings, guess what? At midnight, then you should be praying. You should not be browsing the internet at midnight. You should not be watching you shouldn't watch. Get in prayer and stay out of temptation. It's very hard to be tempted and prayer and be in prayer at the same time. It's very hard to be in prayer and watch pornography at the same time. The more you pray, the harder it is to sin, and the more you sin, the harder it is to pray. So the way you get out of temptation is develop a prayer life and be watchful. In Jesus' name, Lord, Jesus help us. Name. Thank you, Lord. We got about five more minutes, so okay. go for it, Jared. No pressure. <laughs> right. No pressure. Um, Psalms 145.18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. So the Lord is near right now. Yes. We know that he is close to you. The Bible says this also in Psalms that he's close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. We know that when we call on him, yes. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, call on me and I'll answer you and show you things that you don't know about. Isaiah prayed that scripture, but listen, when you call on the Lord, he will always answer. But there's another call. It's got to be in truth. The Bible says it's got to be in truth. So when you're calling on him and you're asking for things not according to his will, not according to truth... He doesn't answer those prayers. Some of the best prayers are the ones that are not yep. answered, yep. are the ones that I, I shouldn't have gone with that girl. Yeah, I've seen some of the girls that I was dating in high school, and I've seen them 21 years. Help I was us, like, Lord. praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord, you did not answer that Help prayer. Us, Lord. Help us. But hey, I just want to encourage you right now. He's near you. He's going to respond to you. He's going to answer when you call on him in truth. That's so good. And I wanted to add this last thing because that was. I'm so glad you brought that up. When you go to your parents and ask them for something that's going to harm you, and you're, you say, mom, I want this. And she says, no, yep. is no an answer to that request? Yes, yes it, is. it is. So when God, some of you are praying prayers over and over and God's like, it's not my will. No, no, you're asking me to bless a mess. You're asking me to bless something broken. So if God tells you no in prayer, don't keep wasting your time asking him. Some of you are getting a no in prayer and you keep praying, thinking that God's going to change his mind. And God's like, I'm not changing my mind. I'm saying Good. no, no is no. If you're asking God to give you a new husband because your husband's not godly enough, I'll tell you right now, the answer is no. Okay. That's not the way God works. And we pray prayers that violate the word of God. And we're like, we don't know why I literally had a lady. I've had, I have so many stories. She came to me and said, I'm really praying to have a child and the Lord keeps telling me, no, no, no. I don't know why he's telling me no. And I was like, okay, well, you know, uh, what does your husband think? She said, oh no, I don't, I'm not married. It's my boyfriend. I don't know why God. Okay. So if you're, if you're, ding, if you're ding, going ding, to ding. God saying, Lord, I want a child and you're not even married and God's saying, no, don't keep praying. She wanted me to pray for her that God would give her a child. I was wow. like, honey, that's called fornication. God's not going to bless fornication. <laughs> yeah. If you're married, 
Then you pray for a child and the Lord might. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so I'm not going to judge her, but you're backwards. You need to get married, then have a kid. And my point, it's a drastic example of many people pray amiss because they pray for things selfishly. And the Bible talks about that. If you pray selfishly, you pray amiss because you want your prayer, answered prayer, to be about you. Yeah, and the Bible literally says God does not answer those prayers. So no is an answer to prayer. Some of you are praying and God is saying no. What an amazing time of prayer that we had today. We're used to doing two and a half hour streams. So these one hour streams feel like our intro, yeah. but we're trying to keep them on an hour so that you guys are praying with us. I think an hour a day is a sweet spot. Actually, one of the first things God ever told me the night at the altar when I got saved was pray an hour a day. So when you said an hour today, I was like, ooh, that's I need to go back to that because that was how I originally started was an hour a day of prayer. Jesus told the disciples, can you not just pray for an hour? There's something special about, and I'm not gonna, 60 minutes is the prophetic. I'm not giving you guys a prophetic word here, okay? <laughs> an hour is just an even amount of time to pray. And I, I promise you, literally, I promise you, if you spend the next seven days and you on your calendar, like you said, that block out an hour a day, I don't care if it's midnight, I don't care if it's two in the morning, I don't care if it's 9 a.m., you block out an hour for seven days. I'm telling you, commit to this. If you want your life to change, I promise you your life will change. You will start seeing yeah. not only supernatural things happening around you, you'll start seeing prayers answered. You'll start feeling lighter and better and more joy and more peace. You're going to feel physically better. Some of you go to the gym and say, man, I feel so good after the gym. Go to the spiritual gym. Ooh. And I'm telling you, your spirit man is going to be grateful. So I'm not going to call you to make an oath right now and make a covenant that you're going to pray an hour a day. If you want to do it, do it. Make a commitment. Say, I'm going to try seven days. And I, I guarantee you, if you're mad after seven days, the devil will give you back your anxiety. He'll give you back your fear. He'll give you back your hour, um, full refund. But if you commit seven days to God, it, it'll change your life. I used it'll to, when I was a youth pastor, every time we would go to a camp, we would um, do like a seven-day challenge after they went to camp. <laughs> and <laughs> and seriously, it's just like, all right, for seven days, I, I provided a, a worship music. We used to have these things called CDs. And so I don't know I used, what that is. Yeah, so it was a compact disc. I'd burn it. I would... I didn't even know what CD standing for, yeah. bro. I'm too young, bro. <laughs> so, we won't tell you how old Jared is, but yes, keep going. Yes. So CDs, and then I would give them the scriptures to read, and then I would put my phone number on there, which I would never do now, but I would say, text <laughs> me after man. you've done this, and we asked them to set their you know alarm clock an hour before they went back to school. This was a springtime um, uh, retreat, and so first day, they would... I, man, my phone's blowing up, you know, 40, 50 kids. Yeah. Hey, I spent an hour with the Lord. This is what he said. This is how it's changing my life. When I went to school today, I actually had compassion for my enemies, just like Jesus taught us is to love our enemies and pray for those that persecute us, all this stuff. And then slowly the taper began yeah. to happen. And it went from 50 kids to 30 to 20. And by the sixth and seventh day, there was one kid. Yeah, absolutely. One kid left that kept praying, kept praying. And I'll never forget Two weeks later, I'm in my office, and all of a sudden, this mom knocks on my door and says, hey, can I talk to you? And I'm like, sure. And she says this, so you gave the kids a challenge. And I'm like, yes. And she says, the seven-day challenge. And I'm like, yes. She goes, well, I want to tell you that my daughter took it for 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 serious. I said, yeah, I know. She, she was texting me. She goes, and it's not just my daughter. It's all of my children wow. now. Her two little sisters have been getting up at 5 a.m. Wow. They locked the door, and I can hear them crying out and praying, praying for Uncle Bob that's not saved, praying come for on. Cousin Jill to come back to the Lord. And you gave them a CD, and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, am I in trouble or are you <laughs> yeah, happy? Yeah, that's why I kept thinking. She goes, well, I'm here to ask you for our own copy of that CD <laughs> because on. me and my husband are feeling very guilty right now that our kids are seeking the Lord more than we are. I was like, here, here's yeah. three, here's four, take as much as you like. And That's awesome. that brought about a revival because they turned their little bedroom into a sanctuary Amazing. and the effects of them calling out to the Lord and praying for an hour a day spilled over into the whole family. It's so incredible. I agree with Isaiah's challenge. If you took seven days and just consecrated that time to the Lord, no matter where it was at in the day, you will feel different. Why? Because Isaiah said it earlier, you become who you yeah, hang around. Yeah, all of a sudden absolutely. you'll be having the mind of Christ synced with your thoughts. And all of a sudden you'll see through just the, the fruit issues in people's life. You'll be able to see into the root. You're like, you're really upset right now. 
probably it's not what you're yelling at me about. There's probably a deeper rooted issue right mm. now. And all of a sudden, God will start giving you the things that you need to minister to people, how to navigate family decisions. Man, I'm getting in the Come flow on. right now. So I just want to encourage you right now. <laughs> we're praying after the Woo, bed, All right, we're opening up mail. Yep. Who's next? All right. But anyways, encourage you, set the... The reason we put it on a calendar is if in my life, if it's not on my calendar, yeah. it doesn't happen. I have to prioritize his presence. I have to prioritize he's the king of the universe that wants to meet with you. Put it on your calendar. So good. So guys, this year, we're going to make prayer a major priority. One of the things that we're changing is if you're a monthly partner on YouTube or on my website, we are praying with you guys on Zoom every single week, Thursday afternoon after my Thursday morning or not morning, my Thursday noon stream. I will do a 1 p.m. prayer meeting and pray with you guys. And those prayer meetings will go on. I'll leave it to you guys to moderate and all that. But I'll be in there praying. So again, if you're a YouTube member or a monthly partner, thank you. You'll be getting a prayer link. It won't be this next week because I need a break because I'm doing 10 streams in nine days. But then after this stream marathon I'm on, I will be the week after sending you guys a static Zoom link. So my point of it is this. Prayer is going to become a major thing this year. If you don't like prayer, you're probably not going to like this channel. So you might as well just unsubscribe now. If you don't like prayer, you're probably not going to like heaven because we're going to be there talking. <laughs> to God for a long time. But no, seriously, guys, prayer is amazing. Tonight at six o'clock, we have a podcast with Paul and Morgan. You don't want to miss that. It's going to be amazing, powerful. Uh, it's going to be juicy. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to ask them all the questions. We're going to have a good time and it's going to be great. They're in studio with us. So it's in person. We're going to talk about their new project. I can't talk about it yet because I want to save it for them to talk about but we're doing a very exciting project together that's coming soon. We'll announce that tonight. I need every one of you Listen to me clearly here. Back at six o'clock tonight. This is your homework duty. This is your youth pastor speaking. We need you back in the gymnasium. Get some deodorant on at six o'clock. We need you back in the gymnasium for the podcast. And then tomorrow, six o'clock, we have worship. Jared's wife's going to be leading us in worship from my living room. So that's going to be interesting. We're going to set that all up. And all my kids will be there. His kids will be there. We're going to have a huge tribe tomorrow. Um, of children worshiping and praising. So get your kids. It's gonna look I like know a stadium filled. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know a lot of my content is not kid friendly. So tomorrow is going to be kid friendly. Bring your kids to wherever you guys are at watching with us. Don't bring them to my house, but bring them wherever you're at watching for six o'clock worship. Yeah. And then we will end it Sunday night at six. And then Monday I'll have my regular teaching. And then I'm going to take the week off because I'm tired, y'all. We've been doing a lot. I pinched a nerve in my back yesterday. Thank you for praying for me. And I'm getting better. And we're powering through it. So keep praying for me. Thank yes. you guys. Yes, I still believe in healing. Even though my back is hurting right now, we're still believing and praying for healing. And I'll be with you guys tonight for the podcast. Okay? I think that's everything. I'm going to get off here. No ending stream. No dancing bird. Uh, we'll do that later. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. See you guys. Let's Great see some ones in the chat if you're going to be back. Someone said Isaiah will open up a barbershop in New Jerusalem. Okay, cool. Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see you guys there. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.